It's no secret that the wealthy have figured out how to avoid taxes legally. It's not only that they have better financial advisors, as they have access to better information. As a part of this video, I wanna give you access immediately to what the wealthy have leveraged and the mindset that they have in regards to avoiding taxes legally and leveraging the money game. Let's dive in. When it comes to avoiding taxes, the wealthy have perfected this game and it is truly a game. And part of the reason why I am going to teach you guys over three different videos, the wealth and tax game is because many individuals realize that this information isn't being provided in grade schools and in classrooms in college. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over how the wealthy view income. What is the information that they're teaching their children that allows for generational wealth? We need to break down the federal tax system's classes in an approach that is digestible. As I was studying wealth and financial literacy training, I ran into various different teachers such as Robert Kiyosaki, Tom Wheelwright, Grant Cardone, and all these various different investors that you guys are aware of. One of the teachers, Robert, created a very catchy cash flow game called the Cash Flow Quadrants. He created this game to show how everyday taxpayers are being taxed, whether they're an employee, a small base business owner, or an investor. But it's important to understand it coming from a tax strategist as well. When Robert created the cash flow quadrants, he started out by drawing two lines on the page and he wrote an E, an S, a B, and an I in the top left hand of those four corners. And he started explaining how employees pay upwards to 40% in taxes and how small business owners and small professionals pay upwards to 60% in income taxes and how big business owners pay only 20% in federal taxes and how professional investors pay 0% in income taxes. You're getting 30 grand? I'm getting a thousand. You guys are getting paid? Now my goal in, in my office is to help people get to the point where they can qualify to become a professional investor to pay 0% taxes. But not every taxpayer starts off as an investor. It's not like you, you woke up one day and your parents said, you know what, you're not gonna go and play football or soccer. You're gonna study to become a real estate investor and become a professional investor because that's the best business ever in the world. No one taught you how to do that. Typically, your, your parents are employees, in most cases, and like many employees, they're teaching you and showing you how to become a employee like themselves or even a better employee so you can make more money than your parents. One of the reasons why the E quadrant happens to be an undesirable quadrant to be in for the wealthy is because the wealthy understand that the government views employees in a different way than they view small base business owners, big business owners, or personal investors. They view employees as having an easy lifestyle. Let's think about that. If we're employees, how exactly do we have easy lifestyle? Well, we have to think about it. If you go to school and you work really hard, or even if you don't go to school, you could end up deciding to go work for somebody 
who has decided to create a business that is going to house you. So the government realizes that you're working for someone else and you didn't have to create the position for yourself. The position was created for you. And another thing that the government understands about the E quadrant is that you have no managerial responsibilities. So when it comes to processing your own payroll, maybe you're not responsible for processing payroll for yourself and the other employees. When it comes to setting up work events, maybe you're not the one that's responsible for setting up the work events. When it comes to dealing with HR issues, maybe you're not the person in the office that deals with the HR issues. The business owner has put people in place to handle these things. And the business owner was the one that created the ideas around needing these types of things inside of the organization that you could be working for. So the government understands that you might also get some benefits by working for the employer. Maybe you receive a 401k plan, right? That's really awesome. A 401k plan is gonna be a plan that allows for you to grow your retirement and maybe you even have your employer that's matching the contributions that you're making. Maybe you're getting health benefits and you're also receiving certain dental benefits. These are the types of things that allows this quadrant to be so desirable because it's expensive having to pay for health insurance and pay for dental insurance, especially if you have children. And if you're underneath your employer's medical plan, you might be able to have these things covered underneath what your salary is, is supporting you on. So this E-quadrant, the government realizes, puts you into a place of constantly working for somebody else and earning a paycheck. When you're earning a paycheck from somebody, sometimes that paycheck might be linked to you working extremely hard where you're earning commission, but sometimes you may not be linked to the amount of work that you're doing. Maybe you're someone who goes into work and whether you're working, you're working to 100% of your capacity or you're working to 25% of your capacity, you're still earning the same paycheck and the same amount. And the government's aware of this. I just stare at my desk, but it looks like I'm working. I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. And so I have a lot of taxpayers that get upset with me because they say, Carlton, how come I have very little write-offs? Every time I go into my tax guy's office, all we talk about is my itemized deductions. He's just asking for my, my mortgage interest or he's asking for my medical expenses or he's asking for my property taxes or gifts, gifts to charity. You see, your tax, your tax guy understands that if you're an employee and if your spouse, wife, husband's an employee, that there's very little that they can do to help you save money on your taxes. So they're gonna ask for the typical things that they're aware of asking for as accountants, which is your itemized deductions, your mortgage interests, your medical expenses, your property taxes, and the gifts that you give to charity. But really, other than that, and contributing to a 401k or a traditional IRA that you cannot touch until you're 59 and a half, you have no write-offs. And this is a part of the tax code that the wealthy have figured out. They figured out, okay, if I go work for somebody, I will continue to make income. And if I work even harder, the more money I make, the more it goes to the government. 
So I can do one or two things. I can work my tail fin off and have more of my income tax, or I can try to figure out other methods to avoid taxes. This brings us to the S quadrant. The S quadrant stands for small business. And part of the reason why is because many employees who now have decided that they want to have a lifestyle by design, they want to control their own lifestyle and how they wish to earn income and have more of their time back, they'll take it upon themselves to start a small business. But one of the things that you have to understand is that when you become a small business or a specialist, someone who is very skilled at a, at a job, such as like a surgeon or a doctor, your income is going to continue to increase. And when you're a self-employed individual, some of the taxes that you experience include self-employment tax, federal tax, and then you have your state tax. These three taxes is how small-based business owners sometimes, and specialists sometimes end up paying upwards to 60% in taxes. Guys, self-employment tax is 15.3%. If you, if you haven't uh, been taught that, please jump back into some of my other videos where I discuss self-employment tax. That's 15.3% that's automatically money that you're paying into by being a small-based business owner. And then you're also gonna pay federal taxes to the I, the R, and the S, which you're already aware of. And if you're in a state that taxes, you also pay state taxes. One of the reasons though, that the small business owner is winning a little bit more than the employee is because the small base business owner has now converted themselves into a business, which means they can turn some of their personal everyday expenses into business expenses. If I have a cell phone that I'm paying $130 a month because I have me and my spouse on this joint plan, that's $130 that I can deduct a month if me and my spouse are now running a business. If we both have a $500 car payment, that's $1,000 a month, right? If we have car insurance, or if we have a home where we have a office space, we can start to write off these type of expenses that we normally are not able to deduct as employees. You guys, when you're an employee and your whole office told you to go home and you had to pack up your monitors and everything into your car and then set everything up in your living room, a space that, that was in your house that really wasn't dedicated for you to do business, you may have thought, okay, since I'm doing all of this and I'm paying for all some of this stuff, that I'm gonna be able to write some of this stuff off. The tax laws have changed. Tax Cuts Jobs Act, TCJA 2017, changed a lot of the tax laws for employees. Guys, who was in office in 2017? Trump. What is Trump? Business owner, investor. So what Trump did was he created tax law changes that were going to support small-based business owners and real estate investors, but it was going to hurt the employees. How did some of the tax law changes in hurt employees? Well, we just talked about the cell phone, the car, the car insurance, the home office. Maybe you were someone previous to 2017 that used to have to come out of pocket for some of the, your own expenses. I have my doctors sometimes paying for their own materials. I have police officers who sometimes pay for their own guns, firefighters who pay for their own boots, teachers who pay for their own crayons and Crayolas. If you're an employee in the E quadrant paying for your own items and materials, Previous to 2018, you were able to deduct those items as unreimbursed employee business expenses. 
After the Tax Cuts Jobs Act of 2018, the Trump administration got rid of the unreimbursed employee business expenses. So all those expenses they used to incur, they're no longer deductible, right? So now your tax accountant can have only one or two conversations with you. What are your itemized deductions, which we discussed, right? We have our mortgage interest, our medical and dental, our property taxes, and our gifts to charity. And what is the standard deduction? If you're single, it's $12,550, and if you're married, it's $25,510. Guys, that is it as the uh, W-2 taxpayer. What? So this is why many W-2 taxpayers will take it upon themselves to start a side hustle or just jump full into becoming a business owner so now they can leverage some of these additional expenses. Now, we understand that there's other types of business owners, and that is where the B quadrant comes in. The B quadrant is reserved for large-scale businesses. If you're a big business owner, let's just think about big business owners, Nike, Google, Microsoft, Tesla, Amazon, those are big business owners, right? If you're a big business owner, you're doing certain things that the government wants you to do. And we're gonna really expand on that in part two of the, uh, the next video. But to bring it to light right now, big business owners are providing jobs, affordable housing, they're providing innovation, energy, food, and sustainability. If big business owners provide these things, they're in a place where they can pay as little as 20% taxes and sometimes even less than that. I know that you guys are aware that companies such as Amazon and Berkshire Hathaway paid 0% in taxes. These companies, guys, they're not focused on little problems, okay? They're focused on very big problems. Amazon is trying to solve very big problems. That's why they purchased Whole Foods. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. Google and Microsoft are trying to solve very big problems. But if I'm a real estate agent, or if I'm a broker, or if I'm a dentist, I might be solving small problems for my customers, but maybe I'm not changing the world and solving bigger problems. When you get into a place where you're solving large scale problems like some of these big business owners, you're in a place where you're constantly doing two different things. You're constantly doing research and you're constantly doing development. And research and development lead to tax credits. And tax credits, guys, I want you to think of as money. Anytime that you're doing qualified research and development, that the government has deemed as qualified research and development, the government is going to provide you tax credits for doing so, which is turning around and giving you money for spending money on trying to make more money. And guys, this is the game that the big business owners have adopted. Now, not every person is gonna end up starting a Amazon or a Google or a Microsoft, which is completely fine, but many people can go from the E quadrant to the S quadrant to the I quadrant. And this quadrant happens to be my favorite. When you become a professional investor, you have the ability to pay 0% in taxes. Why? Because professional investors are spending time in real estate. And when you spend time in real estate, you are becoming a partner with the government. Time in real estate shows the government certain things. It shows the government that you care 
about affordable housing. Guys, if I decide to purchase an investment property and then I'm turning around and renting out that property, guess what I'm doing? I'm creating new tax dollars because rather than habiting the property myself and only paying property taxes, now I have a tenant that pays me money and I have to pay taxes on the money my tenant pays me. The government understands this. And so I'm creating affordable housing and also I'm going to have taxes associated with this new rental income. So when I am becoming a real estate investor, the government allows for me to become a partner. If I'm a partner with the government, what the government is going to allow for me to do is they're going to allow for me to take a loan, which means I have leverage on an investment property. Maybe I'm only doing 20 or 25% down to get into an asset that I'm going to rent back out. But the one thing that you have to understand is that when you get into real estate, you are buying a big asset with a large ticket price. Sometimes these houses that we're buying, maybe 500K, 1 million, maybe you're buying apartment buildings that are 10, 20 million dollars. The beautiful, beautiful thing about real estate that you get is depreciation. And depreciation is taken on the entire house. The entire house that you purchased, you get to take depreciation on. The land that your house sits on, you do not get to take depreciation on. And this is where real estate really becomes fun because you're buying a huge asset, you're putting a down payment down, maybe 20% down, $100,000 down on a $500,000 property, but you're getting to write off the entire building's amount. Those who focus on becoming professional real estate investors will leverage the depreciation and the losses that depreciation has. These losses in return can offset your rental income, your rental income from your tenants. They can offset your W-2 income from your other spouse's job if they're still working and you're in real estate. Hmm, you have to be in real estate. It can offset your Bitcoin income. Maybe you're someone who got into cryptocurrency and you have some Bitcoin income. They can offset social security income. Ooh, social security income's taxed? Carlton, wait, don't we pay into social security by being in the E quadrant? Guys, employees pay into social security by being in the E quadrant. You pay into it and then when you receive it later in life, it's also taxed. What? You mean to tell me that the social security that I pay into when I receive it later, there's a chance that it could be taxed? Yes. And this is one of the biggest reasons why the wealthy don't focus on earning a paycheck. They focus on getting passive income because passive income is not subject to social security. Passive income is not subject to Medicare. Passive income is not subject to unemployment, disability income. That is not, passive income is not subject to those level of taxes. Your Bitcoin income, your social security income, all income. That's how powerful it is when you can spend a majority of your time in real estate to the point where you're considered a professional investor, someone who is spending 750 hours out of the year and they qualify as a real estate professional. I would be doing a lot of education on real estate professional status because it is the business within the tax code as well as leveraging short-term rentals. I look forward to seeing you guys on the next video where we'll discuss how the wealthy are doing exactly what the government wants them to do and how big business owners have been able to capitalize on paying 0% taxes. See you in the next video.